Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Cliff Kingsbury wears shorts. I know it's a look we have not seen before, but we have the picture to prove it. More on what's happening at the annual league meeting in Florida. First, though, there is a new right guard and maybe a new starting right guard. Welcome, Will Hernandez. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 548, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Well, we got a new name added to the roster. Everyone likes those, as you like to say, MJ, shiny new toys. The Cardinals have a new toy. It's a big toy. In fact, six foot three, 332 pounds. Will Hernandez, offensive lineman, specifically guard. And the Cardinals do have a need at that position. But that signing made official on Monday. So welcome, Will Hernandez, to the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I remember when he was coming out. He was a high uh, second-round pick. Matter of fact, 34th overall. He spent the last four years with the Giants. Um, he was at UTEP, and obviously, you know, you look at UTEP and Sean Kugler, the Cardinals' offensive running game coordinator and offensive line coach, was the head coach there. So there is a relationship, and that matters. You know, I think he'd be the first to tell you maybe he needs to play a little bit better than the previous year. But you look at a guy he's played in 62 games, 15 starts. He started all 17 games a year ago at right guard. And he gives you, obviously, a chance to start. Now, we know at the end of the day, Sean Cougar is going to start the best five players. There is a big difference between um, Hernandez and Josh Jacobs. Hernandez is more like he looks like a refit. Josh Jones? Josh Jones, sorry. Josh Jones, uh, he looks like a refrigerator, where Josh Jones is more athletic, and we know he's gone through his struggles. And then Justin Murray. So, you know, you always want to have depth, and I think they're looking to, to go too deep there. But I think it's a good signing. You know how I feel about 26-, 27-year-old guys, and he's going to be 27 when, when the season starts. Normally these guys don't reach free agency. Uh, obviously when you bring in a new general manager, a new head coach um, with the New York Giants, they want to you know, maybe change the roster, get some more – uh, different players in there, so really it was a good sign for the Cardinals, and I do like the age, and I like the fact that working with Kugler, he does have a relationship with a couple players on the team. The only guy he doesn't know is D.J. Humphrey, so um, the fact that they got him at this point in uh, free agency, it's a really good signing. By the way, speaking of Hump, by the time, Bird Gang, you have a chance to listen to this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to take a stab, a wild guess, that those two will have connected via text, brief phone call, because if there's anyone in that offensive line room that is easy to connect with and get to know, it's DJ Humphreys. There's no doubt about it, and and that's what you do when when another player comes in because it's really a fraternity. Uh, at the end of the day, in the off season, they're all in the same fraternity, being an offensive line. And you know, uh, Hernandez is flying out on on the Monday afternoon. He's headed back to Dallas. He's working out with an, an offensive line coaches or an offensive line um, technician. So and he made a comment um, to Rolando Cantu that he's already missed one day, and the guy says, you better be back here tomorrow. So that's good news because you don't want to come into off-season workouts with, uh, with a new team out of shape. And I'm not saying he's going to be out of shape. So I really think it settles things down. 
Um, you know, you got you got you got your veterans there, guys that are 30 plus, and then you got a couple young guys in Hump, and hopefully uh, when you look at Hernandez, a couple of different angles here, and we keep bringing up Sean Kugler, and I want to start there because it was Cougs who coached Hernandez at UTEP, and while they were together, in fact. Hernandez was a second-team AP All-American in both 2016 and 2017 with Kugler as the head coach. Now they're reunited, and that does mean something because now for the second time in, what, three seasons, four seasons, we've heard an offensive lineman specifically mention, I'm here in large part because of Sean Kugler, not because of the head coach, not because of the general manager, not because of the location, yeah, maybe money is a factor, but because of who I get to work with on a daily basis once the season begins. About Sean Kugler, quote, I feel like he's one of the main reasons why I even made it in the NFL in the first place. Me and him have a very strong connection, very good relationship. That was Will Hernandez earlier on Monday. We always talk about relationships, and when a player becomes available in free agency or going back to the draft, is there a connection? Did they cross paths before meeting up here with the Arizona Cardinals? And you could just tell, listening to Hernandez, just how much of an influence and an impact Sean Kugler has made on his not only career, but probably even bigger than that, his life. Well, that was one of the first questions, just about you know his relationship, and he, he basically was was quite frank. He said, "I wouldn't be in the NFL without him." And and there's a trust factor now. You don't want to let him down. So he comes in here, and you know I, I like the fact that you know it wasn't like they signed a guy that only has five starts, and you look at his upside. This guy was a high pick, and 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 everyone's going to go look at Pro Football Focus again. It's a tool. It's not the Bible, but I can't tell you he went through. Four different offensive line coaches. They fired an offensive coordinator and Jason Garrett during the season. Daniel Jones, he was running for his life half the time. Saquon Barkley, he was playing on one leg in a kickstand. I mean, so there are factors. And, you know, the fact that he can play both guard spots is appealing to me. Now, it is a one-year deal. It's probably a one-year prove-it deal. And he knows what's at stake. And he said, if I play well, I'm going to be here. In other words, you would look at a guy 26. Um, he obviously is from Vegas, so, you know, he's a West Coast guy. So there's a lot of – I mean, he, he, the fact that he was able to pick where he wanted to go and it made sense based on the relationship, this is a win-win for both parties. Now, all all that being said, we've been here before, Craig. Brian Winters last year, good, good signing. He played with Calvin Beach and with the Jets, 55 starts, and then, you know, obviously he decided he was going to step away from football. So – I don't want to temper it because, to me, this guy could be a starter, but we need to see it during the season. Looks great on paper right now, and that's all we can judge it on. But you look back at last season, and right guard was a revolving door. Josh Jones, nine starts. Max Garcia, seven starts. Justin Murray started one game week three and then went down with a back injury. You look at those three names. Max Garcia, by the way, according to reports, is – maybe for all intents and purposes, replacing Hernandez because Garcia is now a New York Giants. And Hernandez, going back four years ago, his first time with the Giants, replaced Justin Pugh. So now Hernandez and Pugh are teammates here in Arizona. But just to try to get some 
continuity along that offensive line with D.J. Humphreys, Justin Pugh, Rodney Hudson, Will Hernandez, and Kelvin Beecham. If you can have those five guys and the sum total being greater than the individual parts, individual pieces, and have some continuity. So you're not having different offensive line combinations like this team was going through a year ago, specifically at right guard. He's got to win the job, talking about Will Hernandez, but I do like the fact that he has experience at right guard and recently at right guard starting all 17 games last season. Yeah, well said. That that's a that's a valid point. Now, this is no disrespect to Max Garcia because you know, he kind of bailed his team out. Initially, he was going to be a backup. He's never played center before. Out of necessity, he played center. I give us a lot of credit to Sean Harlow. Um, but there were times when, you know, Max was playing right guard and he was just getting beat. And, and again, you're going against Aaron Donald. And you play in the NFC West, you're going against these really good front sevens. And so, no disrespect, but uh, Will Hernandez is an upgrade over Max Garcia, body-wise and age-wise. And, again, credit credit to Max Garcia. He's carved out a nice career for him, a great guy in the locker room. Uh, he's battled injuries, so hopefully he gets an opportunity to play with the Giants. Younger than Garcia Hernandez, 26, will be 27 when the season begins. And then there's just the size, 6'3", 332 pounds. I mean, this – he is massive. Had a chance to meet him earlier, and you shake hands with the man, and his hand just envelops your right hand. And, you know, nice guy, and it certainly sounds like he has one of those switches, like, you know, very respectful, well-mannered, polite, off the field, and then when the game kicks off, it's like a different mentality, and I'm ready to go to work, and I don't care who you are lining up against me. I am going to beat you, and that is just the mentality that you have to have, that winning those one-on-one battles. Man, you're on point today. That's a good observation because I just talked to a scout before I came down here. He told me he has violent hands. Violent hands. Well, they were soft when he shook my hand, but you don't want to cross the man. But they're meat hooks. Yes, they are. He does have short arms, and that's okay, playing inside. You want to have 33-inch arms when you're – playing on the outside because as a left tackle you can get in your in your pro set and you can utilize it inside sometimes small or shorter hands are better where you don't let the guy get inside of you but I I think if you had a um, project I would think he's probably more of a run blocker he's a mauler he's got the size to maul you and you run behind him and then eventually he's going to have to figure out Kyler Murray, and he was excited to say playing with Kyler Murray, but we know it takes a little bit of adjustment even for Rodney Hudson, D-Hump, or Humphreys, because you just don't know when he's going to take off. you got to, you know, got to hold your set, or if it's pass pro, you got to make sure you protect. So, uh, But, yeah, that that's exa- he's got violent hands. By the way, I tell uh, A.Q. Shipley about short arms. <laughs> that was the knock on A.Q. They'd always try to bring in someone but you know what he to was? beat him out, and he just kept winning. He, he he was an under uh, overachiever. He looked like a bowling ball, and he didn't take crap from anybody. He was very and determined. He, and he would go after Aaron Donald, and he may have lost, but I guarantee you Aaron Donald after that game said, you know what, you gave me a fight even though you may not won nine, uh, five out of ten times. And you keep bringing up pro football focus, and I know there's a, a love-hate relationship with offensive linemen, and it might be more hate when you talk about that with – Justin Pugh in the locker room, but yeah, his his pro football focus grade was not great last season. Now, I just gave a lot of different reasons why it transpired. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, well, what? As you're watching the game, you don't know what the individual 
assignment is. You they don't, don't, they you don't, don't know, know if they're sliding protection. Ex- exactly. So it's very, it's very <laughs> difficult to kind of now all of a sudden grade good player, bad player. Listen, analytics are a big part of the game. I don't want to sit here and just throw dirt on pro football. They, listen, they, they, I was told they watch film diligently. The problem is do they know what they're watching? And they should hire former head coaches or coordinators, and they tried, and Gunther Cunningham passed away. Bruce Gatkowski was there. He's a quarterback. You take a former defensive coordinator like Wade Phillips and put him in there, he knows how to watch film. But, again, it's a tool. All 32 teams use it, and they cross-track the coach's film with their film. It's it's not the Bible, though. It's a tool. Good, I like that term, tool. It's much like when you're talking about the NFL draft and how much information can you get. It is the combine. It is your pro day. But the biggest tool is your game film, what you did on Saturday or Friday or Thursday night on the college ranks. So all part of trying to figure out how you can best uh, utilize Will Hernandez within this offense. And as large as he is, I do think he's fairly movable as far as athleticism. And he understands with Kyler Murray back there, you're going to have to be a little bit more mobile than you were last season with Daniel Jones or even Colt McCoy. And that's another thing, the connection. 2020, Hernandez and Colt McCoy teammates had another teammate. Marcus Golden, they spent a season and a half together with the Giants. So here is someone that is new to the team, but he already knows when he walks into the locker room there will be familiar faces looking back at him. So where it's not the transition is going to be overwhelming. He's going to know, one, what is expected, and two, and he's actually, you bring up from Las Vegas, he mentioned during his Zoom press conference, he visited Phoenix quite a bit, had family growing up that lived in Arizona. So he is familiar with the surroundings. So I don't think the transition is going to be a big deal whatsoever. No. And, and and the fact that he wanted to be here. Now, he did say that, you know, the Giants sounded like with a new regime, new head coach and a new general manager, they really probably didn't kick the tires. And, and they got they, they had the same scouts in the building. They said, listen, it's time to move on. His rookie contract expired. But he did say if possibly if – if they would have offered, he would have considered it, but it worked out this way. And, and sometimes, you know, I always say the grass isn't greener, but here there's a relationship, and he could win the starting job, and I think that's the, the, the plan, but he's got to earn it first. All right, let's touch on that because right now I think the offensive line in your starting five is set, and if you want – some question marks, that's fine because you maybe put a question mark at right guard. And I know there's some thought process that Josh Jones, is he a guard? Is he a tackle? If you move him to tackle, can he beat out Kelvin Beecham this upcoming season? That is, I wouldn't say the wild card, but what this team decides to do with Josh Jones, former third-round pick, this is a huge offseason and a huge season ahead for one Josh Jones. Cliff Kingsbury, at the end of the season, asked about Jones. Quote, we need him next year to really step up. End quote. Question is, though, at what position? Can he be starting guard? Can he be starting tackle? you got to figure it out sooner rather than later because there might be another offensive lineman drafted or several offensive linemen drafted 
in the next month or so. Well, he's he's not going to beat Calvin Beecham out. I think Beecham was one of their better offensive linemen last year. And going back to pro football focus, when it came to Rodney Hudson, there were some low snaps. Uh, he's playing with broken ribs, but look at how many pressures he gave up. And he, he doesn't have the greatest grade, um, but look at the pressures he gave up. There was a you in the pocket. Unfortunately, towards the end, when you're shuffling the line nine different times, there's going to be pressure, and they're coming up the middle, and they're coming off the edge. So, yeah, I, I to me, I I would have him compete at right guard with Hernandez, and then if he doesn't win the job, then you have you know the dress eight on game day. He could play right guard. He could play right tackle, but the Cardinals also, if 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 they want to bring Justin Murray back. He could play four different positions. We don't talk about Josh Miles. I mean, last year Beecham got a chance to start when Hump was out in the Cowboys game, and he held Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory, shut him out. I mean, so Justin Murray's kind of wild. But I would think when camps, when it really when they put the pads on, you're going to see Hernandez line up, but they could alternate, rotate, and then Josh Jones should get a ton of time in the preseason, a ton of time. At both positions, or yep. are you just yep. early on? You make that decision. All right, we don't see him as a guard; he's a tackle. No, I would if he's well. If something happens to Hernandez; he's the first guy in then, unless Justin Murray. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play him at guard in the first half, and then it, in the second half, if Josh Miles is my backup left tackle, uh, and I'm gonna play him at, at right tackle just to get him experience. Because once the season starts, you're one play away. You also have Danny Isadora and Coda Martin on the roster as far as guard play. Now tackles Josh Miles, the seventh-round pick in 2019, and then Justin Murray, who played some right tackle for the Cardinals in 2019 as well, and Josh Jones. So you do have enough bodies. It's just a matter of trying to figure out, all right, well, future-wise, after this season, and we don't like to look too far ahead, but as we talk about, the only offensive lineman that is under contract past this season is Rodney Hudson. So you're going to have a hole at left tackle, going to have a little hole at right tackle and potentially a hole at left guard and right guard this time a year from now and, you know just and so that's why I bring up Josh Jones you have to figure out what you have otherwise you need to cut bait and go in another different direction I would think they would try to extend Humphreys he's the perfect age we knew this was going to happen he's got to play better he didn't play as well as he had in previous years and he did have COVID and you know, obviously he didn't have his right-hand uh, uh, man, Justin Pugh, out there every week. So that, that that's in a factor because now you're trying to cover for someone. Um, this could be Justin Pugh's last year just based on his contract and possibly, you know, just getting up there in age. I, I think he would still like to play and finish his career in Arizona. I don't know that for sure. Um, I think if Hernandez plays well, he's definitely a guy you would like to extend. I don't think he's going to try to go out there and, 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 you know, break the bank. And – Calvin Beecham, he's got a lot going on off the field. He's still playing at a high level. I would try to retain him. But, again, when you look at 23, um, people are going to say, well, if you got to draft a guy at 23, you better play, right? Well, there's a lot of good offensive tackles. So you'd be set up if Beecham decides to retire. Um, but I think you can get a tackle. It's so deep at offensive tackle, I think you get a tackle in the third or fourth round. But you're right. you got to start planning for the future. It's interesting you bring up offensive lineman, offensive guard, or even offensive tackle at number 23 because, you know, when you look at this year versus years down the road, this is the last year, we think, of that quote-unquote cheap contract salary for Kyler Murray. 
to where now is the time if you want to really make some moves as you get closer to free, uh, excuse me, closer to training camp or something should happen and you need to acquire somebody during the season, you can fit them under the salary cap because Kyler Murray's not making what we anticipate him to be making in a year or two from now. So that first-round pick, play week one, wide receiver, cornerback. Pass rusher. Pass rusher. Or is it someone drops to you and you've got an offensive guard or an offensive tackle that you're like, our grades are so high, we need to take him. And if it means that we've got D.J. Humphreys all over again to where we don't see him on the football field at all in 2022, it's going to be a, a PR hit. and You're going to take some slings and arrows, but the hope is that that person becomes your starter for the next seven, eight years after this season. Now, that's, that's, that's what they talk about now and will up until draft day in those, as Ron Wolfley likes to say, the long rectangle table. Again, though, they've drafted two guys in the first round over the last couple of years. you, you got to hit on these guys. So, uh, again, I think you could find linemen in the second, third, or fourth round. I think if you don't uh, get a number two receiver, and even if they sign A.J. Green, receivers on the board. There could be eight receivers off the board. Um, cornerbacks, there could be six or seven. Um, I guess when you look at um, the wide receivers, edge rushers. So, uh, again – I understand, but I this guy better be like Jonathan Ogden, but you're not going to get him at 23. But there are really now. I like the uh, the, the green guy from Texas A&M. He, I mean, he would be the perfect fit. But I just think by signing Hernandez, it gives you a little flexibility. I still want the Cardinals to draft someone, but I don't know if I want that to be a lineman in the first round. Well, so far as we look at mock drafts, and everyone has a mock draft. I paid attention to. Four, really, at least for me. You're a smart man. Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, Mel Kuyper Jr., and Todd McShay. I mean, those are the four that I look at, and I know there's like 44, 54, 60, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll throw in Dane Brugler. Okay. Because he actually – he's a really smart guy, and he he found a former coach that showed him how to watch film. So he's really done a nice job with the athletic. I, I got a chance to sit down with him at the Combine watching uh, the 40 times. So he's a guy up and coming. Obviously, he's not on the network or he's not on NFL.com. But, again, you don't have to go there. But I'm saying he's he's actually like Jeremiah. He studies film. Jeremiah was a former scout. Kuiper obviously studies film. McShay obviously talks to GMs and personnel guys. But, yeah, I, I would agree with, that, with those four. So far with these mocks that – I follow offensive lineman has not been mocked to the Cardinals. It's been a wide receiver, edge rusher, cornerback, defensive end, defensive tackle. So offensive lineman is not something that many out there, again, you're kind of doing this. What does a team need? Who's available? So offensive line right now amongst those four names have not put an offensive lineman next to the Arizona Cardinals name. Okay, so let's say hypothetically they were able to retain A.J. Green and Robert Alford. Now, Alford shouldn't affect your your, – or Green affect your status in the future. So on the offense, they basically need probably another offensive line, which you can get in the mid-rounds, and then they need a wide receiver, whether he's three or two or three or four, right? Okay. Defense, D-lineman, edge rusher, corner. So, 
they're probably going to go heavy on defense in the early rounds of this draft. I, it wouldn't surprise me if they took a running back. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they drafted a quarterback in the seventh round, really. Oh, boy. I know. <laughs> boy, that would be an interesting story. Or you get an undrafted. Well, you only pre- have three on the roster, and some teams do take four to camp. So. Well, and you st- <laughs> if they have a rookie mini camp, I mean, I don't know the situation with Trace McSorley, but I know that they t- worked out or talked to a couple. They're, they're guys that you, they, you would have to be a scout to know who they are. By the way, as we speak here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, it is Monday, March 28th. We are exactly one month away from the 2022 NFL Draft in Las Vegas. Yeah, we were walking through the lobby, and they had the Super Bowl, and I'm like, that was so long ago. <laughs> hey, NFL Network needs content, just like – They got the owners' meetings. That's true. We'll get to that in a moment. But also on the draft, if you're planning ahead again, it's April, the end of April. But if you really want to get ahead of yourself, MJ, next year's draft, Kansas City, April 27th, 28th, 29th. Two years from now, the NFL at the annual league meeting in Florida announcing that the 2024 NFL draft will be in Detroit. No dates given yet. But if you're looking and you plan to follow along, D- Detroit, Las Vegas, Kansas City, Detroit. Those are the next And Detroit guys. outbid Washington? Yeah, I can't remember how many teams were interested. But this, is, this has become a thing, much like the Super Bowl. It's going to... It's going to rotate. I don't think. I think the draft though is going to be more not too much like the Super Bowl, to where it's like you know ten, eleven cities because you want warm weather. I do think they'll be more open and free moving. I think every team is going to get an opportunity if they want to host the NFL. Well, draft. I mean, I, if you had said that the combines in Detroit, which wouldn't be the difference of Indianapolis, it's it's. I mean, let's. I know Detroit's a blue collar town, and they're going to be on hard knocks. Yes. And I'm looking forward to Dan Campbell. Are they going to break any kneecaps? Anyways, uh, they can showcase it. I mean, it's a motor city. I mean, there's a lot. They have a lot of nice things there. People just look at Detroit because it's gloomy. But uh, I'm happy for Detroit because that's a franchise that obviously hasn't won a lot of games. But hopefully they're headed in the right direction. So that was announced earlier, the annual league meeting going on through Wednesday in Palm Beach, Florida. Really a tough gig if you could uh, make your way there. Did you see that at a hotel? Some of the uh, screenshots, some of the uh, pictures like a that Taj Mahal. seen on it's called social the bleachers. media. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not, put it this way. There are worse places to be than Palm Beach, Florida, if you are. It's not the Biltmore. It is not, though. That was a lot of fun a couple of years back. They'll be back. What was that? How long ago was that? that, was that the last. That was the last time that everyone gathered together. Correct. Twenty seventeen. Would no. that would have that been Kingsbury's first year? Kingsbury's first year. That's right. Remember, he had breakfast with us. Yes. Did he eat? I don't think he did. I think there was just a plate of food next to him, and it just sat there for an hour as he uh, <laughs> as he answered questions for an hour. Speaking of Cliff Kingsbury, did you happen to catch the head coach's group photo? Yeah, I'm always fascinated with this. Not every head coach photographed. Sean McVay, front and center, as to be expected. Sunglasses. You you, you win the Super Bowl, you deserve well, to be front and center. he's not the tallest guy. No, well, yeah, but I, okay, was it because of height or because he won the Super Bowl? Well, look look at the guy standing in the back. They're That's taller true. than okay. him. Well, Cliff in the back next to Pete Carroll. Well, he's not very tall. But Cliff wearing shorts. First time I've ever seen the Cardinals head coach Wearing shorts. I didn't notice that. I noticed he was wearing sunglasses. So was. Well, he's always rocking sunglasses. Did you see Belichick was wearing shorts today? 
But we've seen Belichick in shorts. BA used to wear shorts in yeah. practice. Kingsbury, no, it's always long sleeve. Uh, you and know long what? That's right. He's always got those. Yeah, uh, it's those, always covered. He's always got those tight pants on. I mean, it was. I mean, even walking around the facility, Kingsbury. Yeah, you're right. Nuts. We don't see him. He's always got sweats on. I don't know. You know, they say you do a self scout at the end of the season. Maybe this is part of his self scout. Was he wearing? Because he doesn't wear socks, right? Uh, I did not, could not see that, okay. but yeah, he, he doesn't typically wear socks now. This is by far the most we've ever talked about Cliff Kingsbury's wardrobe here on Cardinals Cup. Yeah, too. well, okay, so 2017, right? I, I had, I posted on Facebook so I could always get these memories. So I looked at it. In 2017, the picture 20 coaches are no longer head coaches in the National Football League. There are only wow. 12. And in that picture, there was no Sean Payton, Belichick, and Pete Carroll. And I thought to myself, all three of those guys won Super Bowls. They need to show up. <laughs> and Ari- Yeah, and Arians. But, yeah, tw- Craig, 20. I mean, that was Steve Wilkshire. Yes. I mean, you, 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 Doug Marone and, and – Pat Shermer and Anthony Lynn. It's like wow, and that's that's only four years ago. Twenty coaches are no longer head coaches in the league, and then you got Andy Reid and you know, all these guys that have lasted for a long. Sean McDermott now, you know. You look at Mike Tomlin. Well, what did they Carroll? say the NFL stands for? Not for long. Exactly. All you have to do is look at that group photo of head coaches at the annual league meeting and go, okay, well, a lot of changes there. Uh, speaking of head coaches, the AFC head coaches met the media on Monday. My guess is the NFC will meet the media on Tuesday. We'll see if anything comes out of that. But there is actually some breaking Cardinals news as announced by an AFC head coach. Titans head coach Mike Vrabel telling reporters that the Buccaneers and the Cardinals will be – holding joint practices the third week of training camp. Now, I don't know if he meant, like, all three teams, like, but the third week of training camp, going into that third game, Titans, Buccaneers, and Cardinals. Now, I know this is something that you've long wanted to see, and it's just not feasible here in Arizona based off of weather and then space. But the Cardinals, to be able to do what they did back in 2016, practice with the Chargers, and I'll get to the last time that they were in Nashville for joint practices in a moment because some history there as well. But the fact that this team is going to hold joint practices, it wasn't going to happen in Cliff's first year, but after that first year, it has been on this team's radar because I do think it gives you a better gauge and you can get better in a joint practice than you can during a preseason game. Yeah, I think it was because of the pandemic too. Um, even though, you know, the Rams and Cowboys, uh, their proximity, Dallas is in Oxnard, and then now in the Chargers, you know, obviously they train in, in Southern California. Yeah, um, this is ideal for me because you got to assume it's going to be the second or third preseason game. Um, uh, last year the Cardinals played the Cowboys and Chiefs, and then the, uh, the Saints game got canceled because uh, obviously the weather and the plane had to turn around. So you, but to me, I always mention this. I can put my my number one receiver against your number one corner. I can the, there's individual drills where your pass rusher will against go against a left tackle, D lineman. You can you can just line up your 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 go seven on a seven where you can just have your receivers and running backs going against their 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 seven seven on seven. So 
and you won't get that in the preseason game. You, you, normally, that you, you don't see starters playing that third preseason game. They may play a series. We know that Kyler Murray last year, and, and as, as a whole, played 11 snaps against the Chiefs, and it, it caused a, f- you know, uh, the people were yelling fire in the Boy, theater. did we analyze those 11 snaps yeah. for weeks on end, three and out, <laughs> and all that other stuff. And we didn't talk about the drop, but Christian Kirk. I don't know why I remember this stuff, but anyways, yeah, I think it's good. And, and you know. In fairness, you really couldn't do it on Cliff's first year. He was installing a new offense. But it's always good. And when those practices happen, now you can scout the other team when those guys become free agents because they will not play the Titans this year. More information, as we talk about. It's all about information gathering. You don't think Belichick schedules two or three every year. Now, he had a relationship with Matt Patricia, so he would do the Lions. Now, some of those, there's a gentleman's agreement, no fighting. Although there was a fight that did impact one of those joint practices last year between the Buccaneers and Titans. So, well, it, things do get a little bit well, more Well, at intense. first, everyone's excited because, you know, the old saying, I want to look at another jersey and a helmet and logo and see another face, and I want to go up against that guy because he's supposedly one of the top corners in football. It's just the second day you start to get under somebody's skin. And then, you know, you're, and, and there's referees out there. What you want don't want to do is you don't want anybody to throw a punch and break his arms, break his um, his wrist or his hand. But then you also want to you don't want to have anybody on the ground because that's where guys get tangled up. So it's got to be a gentleman's agreement. At the, at the end of the day, let's just put the work in and hopefully nobody gets in, injured. Now, full disclosure, the Cardinals haven't confirmed any of this, but if one head coach says it's going to happen, perhaps maybe. The other head coach, i.e. Cliff Kingsbury, will acknowledge it at some point sooner rather than later. It's just a matter of the timing of this. Do the Cardinals play at the Titans in that second preseason game and just stay there for some joint practices, or is it joint practices leading into that third preseason game and the Cardinals will have two road games in the preseason, just one home game? Last year it was the opposite, two home games, one road game, and that's something that the league is going to alternate back and forth some years you'll get two, and then the next year you'll get one. Yeah, and we mentioned Cowboys and Chiefs, and then uh, they got the game canceled. Uh, normally it happens before the game. So depending on the schedule, do they do they play on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday? You'll go in there at least two or three days early. Usually that first day you're kind of just getting set up, and then you'll probably get in three to four or five practices against the, um, the Titans or the opponent. Here's what Mike Vrabel had to say, quote, I mean, you saw what Arizona did to us the first week of the season. This is a talented team, a fast team, end quote. He also had some nice things to say about the Buccaneers as well, but it's Mike Vrabel looking at his team and looking at, all right, how can we get better? Let's go for a former Super Bowl champion team in Tampa Bay. Let's look at the Cardinals who beat us 38-13 to in week one. We obviously, talking about the Titans, weren't ready. Let's get ready for the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, that's a good tune-up because, you know, uh, going into that game, people thought they were going to be uh, in the Super Bowl contention, and they were our number one seed. Unfortunately, they just turned the ball over three times, and if they don't turn it over, maybe they're playing it in the AFC Championship game. It would have been tough probably to beat the Bengals. Oh, well, they would have knocked them out, but maybe the Chiefs or the Bills. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, that – and and again, they after that game, Derrick Henry ran wild. So you got to give the Cardinals a ton of credit because they planned for that for about three to four months, and that was the goal: acquiring J.J. Watt, and and obviously having a healthy Chandler Jones and Marcus Gold and everyone else that 
they wanted to go in there and, and send a message. That was the biggest two things were leadership and physicality. This year they're more filling out um, – retaining their own players because they have those guys on the roster. Now, I did mention this is will not be the first time that the Cardinals have held joint practices with the Titans in Nashville. I know you're familiar with this, MJ. You've got a rock-solid memory when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals, but 2010, the Cardinals held a week of training camp practices in Nashville against the Titans. 2010, that was also the time in which Matt Leinart, well, he was benched in a preseason game prior to that, and he would ultimately get released a few weeks later. He was not happy about getting replaced by Derek Anderson. There was some, what was it, an impromptu press conference by a tree in Nashville. I know Paul, Ke- Cal- Paul Calvisi was out there, but uh, that's something that that joint practice is remembered for, the end of the Matt Leinart era and, to a lesser extent, the beginning of the Derek Anderson era. Yeah, I guess, you know, I don't know if it was the first day, but maybe it was the second day. The Titan players were calling him out, calling him Mr. Checkdown. He would not throw the ball down the field. That's when you try it. Yeah, he, he take was, some chances. He, and, and Dave Brown always told me, he always told these young quarterbacks, when you come in, you see a guy open, throw it to him. Don't worry about it. Well, here's a 10th overall pick in the draft. I don't want to see it a noodle arm. But a lot of times his ball would float, and it's a little bit different coming out of a, uh, the left hand. But he would he would not he at that point he was playing scared to be honest with you because he didn't want to lose his job and he's just like I just want to get through these practices. No, take some chances. That's the only way you're going to get better. I can guarantee one thing. Again, if this does happen, and there's no reason to discount what Mike Vrabel is saying, I'm willing to wager that the Cardinals will not have any quarterback controversy come out of that joint practice. (laughs) Kyler Murray is not going to be losing a job, not going to get benched, not going to hold some press conference and speak up, speak out, speak against. So I think things will be a lot smoother. Craig, if Rabel come out with this, don't you think uh, there's some planning involved here? Oh, I'm sure. Right. But But there's nothing confirmed on the Cardinals end But, I mean, who knows – Sounds like they're playing the Titans in the preseason. Can we say that? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, I mean I'm just saying, There's right? a trip to Nashville at some point. And you don't play them during the season. Usually no. you start geographically. Um, they played the Cowboys and Chiefs. Usually they always end up with the Broncos. There's been times they've gone cross-country. It would have been New Orleans would have been, the, uh, I guess, the you know, south. But, yeah, that's an interesting because you try to keep teams close um, because of travel. But in this case, it makes total sense. Cardinals do play the Buccaneers, though, and I don't think this is three. I, again, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm misspeaking here, but I don't think it's three teams. No, you can't. Joint practice. No way. So it's, it's, no, 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 it's, no. It's, it's it's one week against the Buccaneers, and yeah. then one week against well, the Cardinals. It's just a matter of the timing aspect. Yes, of it. and maybe they play the Bucks in the first or second preseason game, or the card play the Cardinals, but. The Bucks are coming to State Farm Stadium. Yes. Tom Brady will have a regular season game Finally. at State Farm Stadium for the first time, only because he came out of retirement. Hey, one last note on the annual league meeting, because there's not expected to be a lot of news when it comes to the competition committee and rules and everything, but it does sound, and again, maybe there's nothing that happens with overtime, but it is certainly a hot-button issue and a talking point this week that there are teams Colts and Eagles have both submitted proposals of changing so we don't get another one and done meaning 
You win the coin toss, you get the possession, you score a touchdown, game's over, and the other team never gets an opportunity to touch the football. There's a good segment out there. I don't know if there's 24 owners that will vote to change that, but there is a sentiment that we're getting closer and closer to where overtime will be tweaked, maybe not this year, but eventually. Yeah, well, was it the Chiefs game? If 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 they would have went down and scored, then people would have went nuts. Yeah. I was listening to Belichick today, and he's like, they're asking him, and he was in midseason form. It was Jared Bell from the USA Today who's covered the league for a long time. He goes, what are your thoughts on, on the – well, we talked about it yesterday. Uh, what are your thoughts? He goes, I haven't changed my thoughts. And he, he said, well, what are your – like, if you haven't changed your thoughts, what are your thoughts? And he's he wouldn't answer them. So – Sounds like Belichick's old school. Now, there is one to both teams touch the ball. The Colts and Eagles would like to see both teams possess the ball. And then the Titans also would like to see both teams possess the ball unless the team with the first possession scores a touchdown and a successful two-point try. So those are the two proposals that are being discussed. And maybe there's something that comes out that is completely different than those no, but those they, are the two proposals that are out there yeah the, the the competition committee meets throughout the year those but the owners can come up with their own if they choose to true right but you would have thought we'd hear something by now true the bylaws are these this is what they're the 24 votes you need 75 out of uh, out of 100 i still think you got to play defense I, i'm old school i guess i i mean it's just I, I understand if you don't win the coin toss. It's, I mean, I get it, but you got to play defense. I mean, it's special teams. I, I don't know. I mean, if you kick a field goal, then they get an opportunity to go down and score. I, I get it. Um, but uh, it's above my pay grade, and those are like champagne problems. Mike Tomlin, the Steelers head coach, likes to what you said. It, it He likes the current format. This is what he told reporters on Monday. Quote, I don't fear sudden death. <laughs> I don't know, maybe he's talking about just life in general. I, I, I don't know. But this, the, the reason why this is so up in arms is because it's not what happens in the regular season. No. It's what happens in the postseason. And I found this interesting. NFL research, and there have been 163 games, including the playoffs, but there have only been 11 playoff games that have gone into overtime under this current system. 11 games. Well, 10 of those 11 games, the team that won the coin toss – won the game, meaning they went down. Well, 10 teams that won the coin toss won the game. Seven of those 10 teams scored a touchdown on the opening drive. Mm. So that's – So there is an advantage. When you're looking at the percentages, and it's a small sample size, Yeah, and that's what they want. They don't want another Chiefs-Bills moment to where you see Josh Allen on the sideline and didn't even get a chance. You know, you force overtime, lose the coin toss or Super Bowl – Patriots storm all the way back against the Falcons, win the coin toss, and Matt Ryan's sitting there on the bench going, what the heck? Play defense. All right, let yeah. me ask you this. Regular season, no overtime? I like that, and I can't remember who mentioned it, but I would have – I. You're fine with ties because there's 17 games? If you have – if you have – if you, you – you can't – you can't have ties in the postseason. No, I, I'm sorry. And right. if you if you're worried about player safety, then just and I can't remember who it was, just play the regular season as is. End of regulation, the game's tied. It's a tie. Okay, 
it's a tie. Get to the postseason, end of regulation, it's a tie. Ten minutes on the clock, you play a full quarter. Play a fifth quarter for a full ten minutes, and if it's still tied after that, then you play a sixth quarter. Even if I go down and score? Correct. I want a full so you're, ten minutes. You're asking these guys to play 70 minutes in in January? I mean, their bodies. Oh, I get it. I mean, put it this way. There is no easy solution to no. this where everyone is going to be happy. True. I mean, it's – But it's not like we have, like, ten teams coming up with these rule changes. I mean, they've changed the rules every single year. Yeah. I mean, it's and, always – And, every, you know, it's all geared towards offense. You can't touch the guy. You can't hit the quarterback anymore. <laughs> it's okay that they, they want scoring, and I get it. We'll see. But you still got to play defense. Yeah. Defense wins championships, right? Um, let me think of the Super Bowl. Uh, yes, ask, uh, ask Joe Burrow. So we'll see if something transpires this week. Again, they are meeting through Wednesday, but the only real news we think, who knows, maybe there's a surprise, would be overtime and whether there's a tweak to that. Yeah, and, and I'm curious to see. Um, I think they may have a 14-man practice squad. I don't know if it's going to be 16 again. It could be 14, but. That's good because usually that was for COVID. So that allows you to have your 53-man roster. And then I think you have four evaluations where if you've been in the league for, forever, you can still play. So uh, two things here. Um, you can go to azcardinals.com on their social platforms. They do have the draft day hats out. I did see that. That's nice and nice cool. Nice-looking hat. Very nice. Every year they kind of change it up a little bit. And then also – if you're somebody that studies analytics and you want to take a shot, the Cardinals are offering season tickets. You can go to azcardinals.com, and there's a simulator, and you have to project the schedule. Uh, I'm going to say good luck. <laughs> you got to pick the bye week. You got to pick. You got to pick every single game, home or away. All 17 games plus the bye week. If you are perfect, you win season tickets. Yes. Okay. I, I hope somebody wins. I. I posted on Facebook, and I had a couple guys, and it looked it looked normal, like starting off on a um, against a division opponent. Maybe it was the Monday night late game. Um, they had the bye week in week ten. They had us finishing um, um, uh, against the Rams. It, it was interesting, but they did they they do this like four hundred million times. So it, you know when they figure it out, it's like the mock draft. Yeah. 32 picks and how many are actually correct, yeah. whether it's the prospect in the right slot yeah. or the right team, it's like less than 30%. Yeah. It's less than 25%. And, and, and the interesting thing is we know over the next couple of years which teams the Cardinals are going to be playing except for three, right? Yes. The ninth game and then a team that finishes in the same uh, – Same standing as you in yeah. the different conference, yeah. And we know or home different and, division. and we know home and away. Yeah. Thing oh, we is, just don't know the order. We don't know the dates. Most difficult part is the order. Yeah. So that'll be fun. AZCardinals.com. See if you can't win some season tickets. Maybe that's something. That, maybe that's an exercise that you and I should try. I was gonna, I, I was going to say we try it. We'll try and see how see how accurate we are. What do, what, what do you think the over and under be like? Three. Yeah, probably. Let's see, seventeen. Yeah. Uh, well, you, I'd shoot for four. Well, we got six division games, so I, I'd shoot for every, four or more. Every fourth week, we'll just schedule a division game. Bird Gang, try a hand and then uh, let us know how it all shakes yeah. out when that schedule gets released sometime in May. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 
As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omondro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.